Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome back to the Pace Place podcast for another episode here for Motivational slash Mindful Mondays. Once again, welcome back. So I just want to thank you guys for all your support and to let you guys know that it's almost the season finale. Like, I cannot believe it. Oh man, two months has gone by super, super, super quick. And it's already finna be December. Like what? We have one more episode left, you guys, in the month of November. And I will see you guys in January for the new year. Can you believe it? Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. It's it's shocking. (laughs) Where does the time go? But once again, welcome back. And I thank you guys for always tuning in and just giving me your feedback and what you think about my episodes each and every week. I appreciate you all and I love you all with the love of Christ. And so I want to get right into it. Today, I'm going to be coming from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. And today I'm going to be reading in the ESV version. Usually the versions that I read in is either the ESV or KJV. And so today I'm coming from the ESV. And once again, that would be Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. And it reads, do not lay up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I specifically love this verse. One, because what Jesus is saying, he's telling us the heart, wherever, whatever we value, whatever we place our value in, that's where our heart is also. So in that we have to be mindful. We have to be aware of what we are putting our trust in when it comes to our valuables, when it comes to our possessions, you know? And so I love this because it's one, it's the last part of this chapter and it's all about earthly possessions and the necessary things of life. Okay. So God knows that we need earthly things. He knows that we need money, clothes, and all of the necessary necessities in order to live in this earth. But the Lord, what he does here is that he gives the necessary exhortations because of the deep tendencies in which our human selves, we can't even help it sometimes, but we tend to chase earthly possessions, earthly treasures. And so with that, the Lord here speaks of it at the beginning of the chapter where he talks about giving. He talks about the admonishing not to gather treasures on earth is in contrast to the exhortation to give. And I absolutely love this because we know if we go back to the beginning of this chapter in verse two, it says, thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets 
that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. And this is exactly what Christ is trying to get us to understand how he is trying to get us to live, to live in a lifestyle that is always of giving to live in a lifestyle that where we are treasuring the things that are of God, not the things that are of the earth, because we know too, that all of the things in the earth will pass away. The word of God tells us this, and we know that the word of God is truth. We know that the word of God will never return back to him void and everything in it shall come to pass. So if the word of God tells us to store our treasures up in heaven, then that's what we should be doing because the things that are of heaven, the things that are in heaven, they cannot rot away. They cannot be stolen from us. The rust cannot corrupt it. So there are two reasons for not setting the heart on earthly possessions. Those reasons relate to the two ways in which we can lose our possessions, which we can lose uh, ultimately our treasures, if we want to say treasures for the sake of scripture, right? So first of all, they can be spoiled by forces of nature that we don't have any control of. It makes me remember about this time earlier this year, we had a moth infestation and I did not understand that moths actually eat clothes. Okay. I did not know this. And so we had moth infestation. I'm telling you, it was so, it was hundreds of moths surrounding our house. And every time we would open the door, a ton of them would fly in. The dogs were trying to eat them. They actually came through the vents. They were getting in the house. They were crawling through the window seals, like, because we had these crevices on our windows that was not fully sealed. And so they were squeezing in through the window seal and they were all over the house. And so we had a couple of moths in my room. And I kid you not, they ate through some of my clothes. It was some clothes that I picked up and I was like, how do I have a, a bunch of tiny little holes in this new shirt? Like, I just don't understand, you know, and it was because of the moths. So, and it was something that I could not control. The whole point of that is to show us just how we have no control. No matter what I did in my house to get rid of these moths, no matter how many sticky flies I put up, those moths were everywhere. We had to wait for the moth to migrate <laughs> to leave the area because it was getting too cold for them. So what they would do is they would all migrate to the top parts of Colorado to the hills where they all would go at a certain point but it was just crazy about how many moths there was and no matter what I did in my house I couldn't control it it was literally out of my control it was a force of nature and when I was speaking to a lot of people up here in Kansas they were telling me yeah this is like a normal thing you know every year around this time we get moths and you know they're just everywhere and I was just like oh Oh my goodness, this is insane. And so it was just a regular part of nature. 
I had no control over that. I had no control of whether or not how many I could get out of my house or anything. I just had to let it be. And so this is what Jesus is actually saying. That the first thing is the thing that can spoil our treasures. If I have put my trust in my clothes, right? If I treasure my clothes to be such a valuable thing to me, not knowing or not having the realization that it's just a shirt, it can be replaced. I can just go buy another one. It's not really a big deal, right? Not really understanding that if I was to put my treasure, you know, then it would be destroyed. It would be something that can be irreconcilable to me because this is what I am putting my trust in, in my possessions, in my clothes. And I have no control over the nature. I have no control over the forces of nature and what drives these moths in to and from out into the cities, into my house or wherever else they were because they were everywhere. (laughs) they were all over Kansas and it was actually just disgusting because I don't like like things like bugs and flying stuff like oh my goodness it was like yeah no but I had no control over this okay and then the second thing is violent people can rob us of our possessions we can still do our best to defend ourselves against both but the durability date of our possessions cannot be guaranteed and it can't be guaranteed because of what I said earlier about all of the things in the earth passing away and this is why we do not store up our treasures on this earth in worldly things because at a point at a certain point in time the same way how we receive those earthly things the same way how those earthly things will then leave us it's not a guaranteed thing that i'm always going to have money or that i'm always going to be comfortable or that i'm always going to have clothes on my back and shoes on my feet like we never know how things will go we never understand the future because we are to live day by day for the lord we are called right? To store our treasures up in heaven. And in doing that, God will take care of our earthly need and the physical possessions of the things that we need physically. That we are not to think that we can store our treasures up on earth. We are not to think that we can strive and work hard and be self-made and all of these things, right? To bring ourselves wealth And then also try to serve God in the same manner because it doesn't work that way. So the Lord points out other treasures that are not perishable and they cannot be stolen from us. These are the treasures that are in heaven. These treasures are connected with him and whom are hidden all treasures. All of the treasures are hidden. Okay, in Christ Jesus, all of the wisdom and the knowledge that is in himself. If we read Colossians chapter two, verse three, it says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. What we collect 
by occupying ourselves with the things that are above is of eternal and indestructible volume. And that is also in Colossians chapter three, verses one and two. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Verse one, I'll read it again. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse two, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. We can see this throughout scripture time and time again because our eternal value comes from Christ. And it says clearly if, if we are raised with Christ, then if we are raised, if we have been lifted up, dead of old, raised up in the new, then we are to be seeking the things that are of that are above, seeking the things that are of Christ. And where is Christ? He's not here in this earth. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And we have the Holy Spirit that is within us to allow us to be connected, to seek after those things that are above, because before we did not have access, but now we do. And I absolutely love this. And if we really know the father in heaven, we have our treasure in earth and our hearts are there too. That's the main objective. What is your heart posture? What is your heart longing after? Because that is where your treasure is. And that is also too where your heart is. And one thing that I wanted to point out that was very, very, very interesting was the word thieves. And when I looked at this word thieves, because it's not only talking about a physical thief, one that can break into your house, right? But it's also talking about false teachers, because this is what really got me. The word thieves in the Greek, it actually says kleptes. The word is kleptes. And when that word kleptis is translated, it actually is translated into false teachers who do not care to instruct men, but abuse their confidence for their own gain. So not only are we not to store up our treasures here on earth because the thieves will come and they will steal and rob us. But we are not to store up our treasures in false teaching, false teachers, false doctrine, because they will break through and they will steal. 
And what that made me wonder, like, in what would they be able to steal the word of God that is in us, that is flowing through us, that is the seed? Because as we know from our series, right, the seed is the word of God and that seed is planted in us. Then the thieves will come to steal not only our earthly possessions, but also our spiritual possessions if we let them. That's why we do not lay up for ourselves treasure on earth. It's not secure. It's not safe. The issue isn't that earthly treasures are instinctually bad, but they are of no ultimate value. If this is the case, then it is wrong for the disciples of Jesus to dedicate life to continually expanding earthly treasures. We are not to dedicate our lives to that. Our lives, once we come into the knowledge of Christ, our lives are no longer our own. Our lives is to be used to build up the kingdom of God, to lay up for ourselves treasures on earth is to doom ourselves to a life of frustration, a life of misery, and a life of emptiness, a life of ungodliness. It's actually interesting because when I was studying this, I came across this study. Um, It was back in 1992 about how a survey was taken where people were asked, how much money would you have or how much money would you need to have to live the American dream, quote unquote. And those who were in the 25,000 or less income bracket, they said, well, I need around $54,000 to live my American dream, quote unquote, because I'm doing the air quotes, but you guys can't see it. So, (laughs) but those in the $100,000 annual um, income bracket said they would need about $192,000 to live the American dream. Okay, and so these figures, what it indicated is that we typically think we would have to have double our income in order to find a quote unquote good life. But the only life that is good, according to the word of God, is a life with God. Okay, any other life that we try to live, it's not good. It's actually living in darkness. But I love the way the Apostle Paul has the right idea when he writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. And it says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. And I, that's, oh, it just goes to exactly what Jesus is talking about right here in Scripture. It's the godliness with contentment is what can bring us a good life. 
Our Lord does not say it is wrong to possess earthly treasures, but he does say it is wrong to lay it up for self. We are to hold it as stewards. We are called to be good stewards because nothing in this earth belongs to us anyway. If we think about life, right, we think about possessions, we think about the things that we have, our house, our car, our money, job, like all of these things are not even ours to begin with. Everything in this earth is for the building of the kingdom of God. Everything in this earth belongs to him. It's for him by him, to him. It is not for us to feel like, well, I worked hard for this, or I've done this, or me, 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 and me. It's not about us. It's not about our wealth. Because that same wealth that we feel like we had, God gave it, allowed us to even have it in the first place. The treasures that we feel like we have, God allowed us to have them, to attain them in the first place. And that's the focus. And so when I think about the context of the people, as Jesus is speaking to them, I I just want to say like, the the thing that is going through their mind because at the time they didn't have cars you know they didn't they didn't have the type of houses that we have now you know they didn't have grocery stores or you know places where we can go buy name brand clothes or even like a walmart they didn't have these types of locations okay And so when Jesus talks about the the treasures here, the people would have automatically, it would have triggered in their mind, their treasures would have consisted of clothes in a change of raiment, as well as the gold, the silver, you know, the gems, the wines, the land, the wheat, the oil, like all of these other things. But the main thing, would have been the clothes. It meant an abundance of anything that was held to be conducive to the ornament or the comfort of the person's life in this time. And so when I think about this, it actually makes me think about how Joseph, right? When he was, after after he was, in prison, okay, he got out of prison, he was now second in charge, and everyone had to answer to him. And so his brothers came down to Egypt, and when they got there, they didn't even recognize him, right? And when he made himself known to them of who he was, they trembled. They went back and got Benjamin at his command. And when they came back with Benjamin and they left again, Joseph gave them a change of clothes. He gave them fine linen. Even in Joshua, when they went down into the Babylonian camp, 
And God specifically told them, don't take nothing out of these people's camp. One of the one of the men actually covered it and had it in a in a, a secret, like he was trying to do something that you know God did not see him do already. But he tried to what well, he did. He didn't try. He secretly stole the Babylonian garments because this is how valuable in their time garments were. Even when we look at the story of Samson in Judges, where Samson, he he gave the riddle and then he said, well, the winner will receive 30 garments, right? And it just goes to show once again, the significance or the value that is placed on the change of clothes. And so when he talks about the moths, not only is he talking about a physical moth coming and eating up your clothes, but also a spiritual devourer. Okay. And I love this because the word moth is the word seize or sace in Greek. And that word, when it's translated to its original language, it actually means the devourer. The devourer. So not only is Jesus speaking of a physical consequence, but also a spiritual consequence. We cannot allow the enemy to come in and devour what we have because we are looking to material things. It's amazing when we can really break this scripture down. Because when we think about a moth as a small insect that finds its way to clothes and finds its way to different garments and then it destroys them. The moth destroys the apparel because it it would eat it. It will bite small holes into your clothes. I find that to be amazing. And the enemy does the same thing. He will eat away at the small areas of our hearts to deter us from the things of God, to allow us to continue to walk in the ways that are not of God, to allow us to be steadfast on material things because that's where our heart is. Our heart is already set on being materialistic. And so it's easy for our minds to transition to that because our hearts are already there. I find that to be absolutely mind-blowing and just eye-opening when we really think about the world today that we live in and just how materialistic a lot of people are, including myself, because I used to be in that space of clothes name brand, shoes name brand, car had to be the nicest car, have to have the most money, the great job, like all of these things, it was me. Not understanding that I found myself in a place of all those things where all of those things were taken away. Not because I gave it away because I wanted to, but because God stripped me of being materialistic. 
literally stripped every piece away. And I'm so, so, so thankful for that because if I had found my, if I wouldn't have never found myself in the situation, in the situation that I was in, I probably would have been going down the same path that I was going down in darkness, not understanding that I was in darkness because I was so materialistic. (sighs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Wow. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Whew. Okay. So the word rust, the eater, it actually means to eat into and to consume one's property. So not only is it talking about physical rust, but it's this is more spiritual than we realize of how the eater or the devourer then eats into and consumes our property, our possessions, the things that we hold near and dear to our hearts. Man, that is just like, wow, amazing. And what I found to be so amazing is that when we look at the thieves and it says, and where thieves break through and steal. When I say breakthrough, I'm like, why would it say breakthrough? Why not break in? Why, why break through? The word breakthrough actually means to dig through. And when I thought about that, I say, you know what? When I studied it and I looked more into it, the houses in this time were frequently made up of clay. And what they would do is they would build the houses up of clay and allow the houses to dry and harden in the sun. And then some houses were made of loose stone. So hence, it was comparatively easy for a thief to come and dig through the wall to form or make a new entrance to your possessions. And then that led me over to Job chapter 24, verse 16. And it reads, in the dark, they dig through houses by day. They shut themselves up. They do, they do not know the light. That is, oh my goodness. The thieves will dig through your house in this time to steal your possessions because the houses were not structurally sound because the houses were not built up on the firm foundation of the one and true living God of Israel in this time for them to be protected, for the hedge to continue to surround them so that no harm will come near their dwelling places. But because the people of Israel in this time has strayed so far away from the word of God, from the will of God, it gave the enemy access to their possessions. When we look at our lives, when we try to build our happiness on material things, 
on a shaky foundation of lies, of a false reality, of false teachers, of living in darkness. It is allowing the enemy access. We cannot build our... We cannot build our houses on a shaky foundation. It has to be the firm foundation of Christ where none of these accidents can happen to us. But the arms of everlasting power and love shall secure us from every calamity and invasion. It has to be that of life, that of salvation, that of inheritance. Because this is what God promises his people. Because this is eternal and it's incorruptible. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That is half provision made for your eternal life. Do not exhaust your strength and spend your days providing for the life that is here. But let your chief anxiety be to be prepared for eternity. And I absolutely love that because when I think about that, Allow our lives, the provision to be made for our eternal lives. It makes me think about Isaiah chapter 55, verse 2. And it says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which does not satisfy Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. In heaven, nothing corrupts, nothing terminates, no enemy plunders or destroys. It is to be heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ to an inheritance incorruptible undefiled and that fades not away the heart our affections will of course be fixed on that treasure whatever it is either good or bad But if we find ourselves storing our treasures in bad places that is not of God, we can regulate the heart. It is therefore important that the treasure or the object of attachment should be right. And we know who's right. It's Christ. So in order to regulate our hearts, we have to then focus on those things that are of God. Focus our minds on those things that are pure, those things that are godly, those things that are righteous, those things that are true. 
to focus our minds on those things. This is how we lay our treasures up in heaven. This is how we have access to the everlasting and incorruptible treasures in heaven. This is how our the treasures in heaven can give us enjoyment now, in the now, in the contentment and the sense of well-being that comes from being a giver. It all goes back to the beginning of this chapter about how Jesus Christ talks about giving. The ultimate enjoyment comes on the other side of eternity. But we can live in that enjoyment now. We can live in the joy and the contentment of the Lord right now if we choose to turn our minds and focus our souls on the things that are of God. I know you guys have all heard the saying that a moving truck full of possessions never follows a hearse. Everything one might take with them, it's left behind if we don't store our treasures up in heaven. We can't take our money with us. We can't take our house with us. We can't take any of these things with us when we go. It's actually interesting because the pharaohs of Egypt, they were usually buried with gold and treasures to take into the afterlife but it wasn't it was left right there right behind in the ground wherever they were buried because once we leave this earth everything in it stays where it is the only thing that we can look forward to is our salvation our inheritance, our life, but that's if we have put in the work that it takes before we have gone to the other side to see those heavenly treasures in our eternity. It's also interesting because when we get to heaven, it literally says that gold was used to pave the streets of heaven people we gonna be walking on it like it's not even gonna be something that we're gonna be like you know my necklace child my ring (laughs) okay like my earrings like no it's it's actually used to pave the streets of heaven because it holds no true value Our salvation is more valuable than gold. Our inheritance that Jesus has died at the cross to allow us access to have, to be joint heirs with him, is more valuable than anything we can possess in this earth. Our material possessions will not pass from this life to the next life. But the good that has been done for the kingdom of God 
through the use of our treasures last for eternity? Did we use our possessions to build up the kingdom of God? And the work God does in us through faithful giving, that will last for an eternity. Did we use our earthly possessions for the kingdom of God? Jesus, man, he drew the conclusion that you can only have your treasure in one place. We can't store up treasure on earth and on heaven at the same time. We can only have our treasure in one place, and that is in the heart. And then it always makes me think about David and how David was a man after God's own heart. What is your heart posture today? What is your worldly possessions, your worldly wealth? How are you using that to build up the kingdom of God, to build up the people of God? It is not so much the disciples' wealth that Jesus is concerned with as his loyalty. But when we look at verse 24 of this chapter, it will make it just that much more renowned. That materialism is in direct conflict with loyalty to God. And when we look at verse 24, it actually says, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he would hold to the one and despise the other. We cannot serve God and money. We cannot serve God in possessions. We cannot serve God in worldly possessions. It's it's just it's it's a conflict of interest. It's absolutely amazing. And so that is it and that's what I want you guys to really understand is that we have to make a decision today. Is it God or is it wealth? It is not possible to collect treasures in heaven if your eyes floats back and forth between treasures in heaven and treasures on earth. We cannot serve two masters. It's either or. We have to make a choice. It is impossible to serve both at the same time. It's either like the word says, we're either going to hate one and love the other. We cannot live a double-minded life. As Christian believers, followers of Christ, we have to do what's right. We have to be led by the Spirit. The Lord Jesus says here that it is not possible 
And so we don't even want to go down a road where thinking that it is possible because the word tells us that it's not. So in that practice of our lives of living for Christ, we then have to gain more ground for the glory of God than for the glory of ourselves. And so with that, I'm going to pray us out of here and I will see you all next week for the season finale of the Pace Place podcast. Oh, most gracious and most glorious, victorious Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. We we thank you, Lord. We praise you, we honor you, we worship you, we love you. We choose you today, Father God. We choose your heavenly possessions, Father God. We choose salvation. We choose life as your word tells us that you have set before us life and death. To choose life so that we can live, so that our families can live, Lord God. We thank you for allowing us to have the choice, Lord God. We thank you for continuing to lead us, to guide us into your truth, Father God. We thank you for being broken out of the ideology of this world, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that we can see clearly now that the fog has been gone now that the scales has been lifted from our eyes father god we thank you father god just because of who you are in our lives father hallelujah we thank you for this word we thank you for this reading today father god we thank you for revelation that has come from this reading today lord god we thank you lord god because your word is true Hallelujah. Continue to allow us to be the people who you have called us to be, Lord God. Continue to allow us to store our treasures up in heaven for us to gain the things that are of you. To seek after those things that are of you. Because your word also tells us to seek first after your kingdom, after your righteousness. So allow us, Lord God, to seek because your word tells us if we seek, we shall find. If we knock, the door shall be open to us. We thank you, Lord God, that we can continue to seek after you. We can continue to know you, to long for you, to have you in our lives, Father God. Allow the Holy Spirit that is within us, Father God, to continue to just lead us, Lord God. Because we don't know which way to go, Father God. We don't know. We have no clue, Lord God. All we have is to be obedient to you. All we want, Lord God, is to know you. All we want is to be closer to you. So in the seeking, Lord God, allow us to move in obedience to you and to your word, Father God. Hone our gifts, Lord God, whatever those gifts may be, Father God. You know each and every last single person. 
hone those things that you have placed inside of us. Allow us to move and operate in the potential that you have placed and predestined since the beginning of time, Father God. Hallelujah, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you and we honor you because you are more than worthy to be praised. And as we leave from this space, Lord God, we just ask you, Father God, to allow your hedge to continue to surround us, Father God. Allow our minds to continue to be elevated in you, our minds and our souls. To be disciplined in your word. We thank you, Lord God, and we love you once again. Amen and amen. Thank you all for joining me here on the Pace Place podcast. I am your host, Latrell Pace, and I will catch you all later. You guys go out, have a beautiful day, and be awesome people. And remember, God loves you, and God be with you all.